Previously on the Division Three's Finest Podcast. Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans. Next Peyton Manning, Taysom Hill. What? No. From what I understand, you've moved on to the uh, personal training game. Uh, so, like, what are the best kind of steroids that I could get? That's a good question, man. <laughs> uh, you took Sprite Cranberry you took, over. You took Mr. Pib over Dr. Pepper. I'd rather drink my own piss than cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fear the mellow ball at all, and then, uh, like, those guys, they're always, they're like, they're half asleep all the time. I think what Shub yeah. is I try and ask is, do you, do you not have dragons? Yeah, and they I feel like really good. I, I know. <laughs> this is this is the most energetic I've seen you all day, honestly. So, Maya, what do you do now? For a living? Yeah, I, I work. Jacob, uh, I'm a professional now. Big uh, professional guy. Episode 75 of the Division 3 Science Podcast. Coming up next. Now join us on the podcast. This is his first appearance on the show. He's a minor league pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. Robert Clinchock, first question, how's quarantine life going for you, and when can we get Miguel Cabrera on the podcast? Oh, um, hopefully soon. Um, you know, me and him are pretty close. Uh, Perfect. So hopefully uh, should be easy then. I can call him up uh, pretty quick to have him on. Nice. So, uh, yeah, hey, we appreciate that. Just make sure you keep make sure you keep us updated on that. We'll we'll definitely our people will reach out to your people to set up the yeah, interview. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I haven't I haven't talked to him in a um, few days, but I'm, I'm sure if I give him a call, he'll. It's all right. I mean, hey, you know, you're such great friends. You probably don't need to talk every day. You know, you probably just check in every once in a while and and you know stay up to date. Yeah, we actually played that. I played some Warzone together. Uh, nice. <laughs> I'm sure he's an incredible player. <laughs> Confirms Cabrera, big Warzone guy, big Call of Duty guy. Yeah. Yeah. Confirmed. And how's quarantine life going for you so far? Quarantine, um, it was. Right now, it's a lot better because uh, I actually made a trip from back home in in Pittsburgh down to Georgia with uh, two of my teammates. Um, so I've been I've been able to throw every day, work out pretty much every day. Nice. Um, so it was kind of nice to kind of get out of my hometown and back down down south a little bit for some warm, warm, warm weather, golf, baseball, all that stuff. So yeah, it sounds but, pretty I mean, good. It was rough uh, being back home because you know everything was was shut down. Um, I couldn't I couldn't throw outside with my dad. I couldn't work out anyway. So like for like a week, week, week and a half, you know, I was kind of kind of stuck. Um, without doing anything because I wasn't allowed to pretty much. But then I ended up making a trip down to Georgia um, probably about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. So I've been there ever since. Nice. All right, so first um, first big-time journal- journalism question here. Um, so our name for the podcast, Division Three's Finest, just came from uh, played Division Three baseball. You know, obviously still very elite athletes um, turned elite podcasters. Um, like most E3 athletes, you know, we're just mainly playing baseball for the love of the sport, uh, just trying to play as long as we could, you know. The major leagues never really, you know, we would all love to do it, but not really maybe a realistic um, expectation, um, just trying to play for a little longer. Um, but you're not like most D3 athletes. You were drafted last yeah. year by the Detroit Tigers. Um, you're getting played to 
paid to play baseball. Um, so just real quick, could you give us an intro on yourself, um, your baseball background a little bit, and what drives your passion for the game? Yeah, um, so um, grew up uh, just south of Pittsburgh. Um, went to Mount Lebanon High School. Um, played baseball there, obviously, and then um, signed to go to Shendo University D3 in Virginia. Um, it was, I believe it was January, my senior year, so just before the season started. Um, and then, yes, yeah, I played four years at Shenandoah. Um, won a couple uh, conference championships, a regional. Um, and then senior year, I was drafted by the Tigers in the 35th round. And then next day, I was down in Florida playing baseball. So. <laughs> yeah, so here at the Division Three Spiders podcast, you know, we're huge research guys, you know, big state metric guys, if you will. Um, so we went through some of your stats at Shenandoah, and while your ERA, your senior year, doesn't jump off the page, you know, it's quite deceiving because it looks like, you know, one, uh, let's just call it a not-so-great start, made your ERA jump a little bit. And, you know, we've all yeah. been there, especially my, my friend and yeah, uh, co-host, uh, Andrew Gillen. Uh, that was a rough season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it ended up being actually an incredible year for you, capped off by 20-plus scoreless innings, uh, stretch that featured three complete games, two of them complete game shutouts in conference tournament play. Uh, so just talk us through your career and specifically your senior year. Uh, was there ever a turning point where you felt like going pro was a possibility? And let's go into that last season. Was there any focus on trying to get drafted or was your focus solely on doing the, your best and trying to help the team win? Uh, yeah, so like my going, starting my freshman year, um, I was a bullpen guy. Um, I threw, I think, like 10 innings my freshman year. Um, I didn't really see a whole lot of action. Um, then sophomore year, I kind of like increased. I was the week, I was the weekday starter. Um, then junior year, I was the number two behind Colin Horse. Um, and that was my junior year was really like the first, my first taste of like, like draft, draft possibilities, I guess. Um, and then my Velo jumped to, to 88, 91 ish. Then I was obviously behind Colin who, who ended up going to the nationals that year. So I kind of got some exposure then. Um, and senior year, it was just like kind of just leave it all out on the field um, for that last final, last final go around. Um, but like, but when the season started, you know, obviously like, like the long term goal was to get picked up. But like, I didn't really treat it that way. I, I kind of just did my job each start each day um, to help the team out. And then I was just fortunate enough to have my name called in the third round or the third day of the draft. And just going off that, you know, walk us through your draft process a little bit. You touched on it a little bit, but it seems like there's, you know, a little bit of uncertainty on whether you thought you were going to get taken or not. But what did draft day look like for you personally, and what was getting that phone call from the Tigers like? Um, yeah, so um, the first, obviously, I, I, I watched the first two days of the draft just to kind of, you know, see who went first overall, see if I knew anybody that went. Um, so I was watching the, fir- the first day of the draft. It was kind of black. I was like, no, I wasn't going in, you know, the first 20 rounds. Um, so then day, so the third day rolled around, and I was working uh, for my dad. And uh, I was keeping track of my phone and, like, on Twitter and all that. Uh, but around, like, the twenty, like the 24th round or 25th round, I actually turned it off. I'm like, eh. you know, I-, I didn't really get a call yet about, like, hey, just my heads up, like, I take you this round, blah, 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 you know, like the usual stuff that goes on on draft day. So, um, I, so I, I turned the draft off. I was like, yeah, you know, maybe they want to do like free agent stuff or like any ball for a year and go from there. 
Um, and then I was actually, so the funny story about, about this like draft process is that like I actually missed the uh, phone call from the Tigers about me getting uh, picked up. So, <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't even know I got drafted until um, my mom and dad came out of their office at work. And like my mom and dad are crying and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Somebody died. You know, like I didn't really think of, I didn't really, like, at that moment, I didn't think the draft was possible. And then, like, and my dad starts, like, laughing. Like, Dad, why are you crying and laughing at the same time? Like, what the hell is going on? Um, so then, like, he gives me a hug and says, hey, man, congrats, you did it. And I was like, like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what, what do I do now? And then, obviously, like, I went and I took my phone and I had a missed call from Scout. I like, 100 text messages. I had Twitter notifications, Instagram, Snapchat. And I'm like, holy, holy shit, it actually happened. Yeah, we'll so, that. like, that whole moment was kind of... It's probably, it was probably different than most people because everyone's probably like, yeah, about the same reason. Yeah, that's gonna say it's unique. Like, of going, and like I was just like trying to clean some golf clubs. The next, you know, I'm going down to the Florida to play baseball. You know, so it was kind of a, it was kind of a funny story with that. But um, yeah, you know, it was fun. Then my dad made me come back to work the next day at six thirty in the morning. So that was fun. I didn't get to enjoy it too much, but yeah, it was. I feel like my draft process. I I had no idea I was going until. The that one phone call. Yeah, that's awesome. So you didn't hear from anyone before you got drafted <laughs> that that might be a possibility. Yeah. So I so um, he was talking to me um, during like the like the last half of the season, but like I didn't get invited to any like pre-draft workouts or anything along those lines. So I just thought it was just like just a look, maybe like maybe like a free agent thing because I didn't even really mention it. Like, hey. You know, come to this pre-draft workout. Like we're interested in you, but all this the tires was filled. They're like their questionnaire that they sent out. That's really it. And I was like, all like the true like uh, information I got from them about the draft until they ended up uh, taking me in the thirty-fifth round. Um, start in the minor leagues, and hopefully, you know, sports are back soon, and we're all pretty desperate at this point. Um, but regarding last year's season, uh, your first season as a professional. Yeah. I can only imagine that there were a handful of welcome to the league moments, uh, especially coming from the D3 world, uh, not only talent-wise, but I know my personal yeah. D3 experience, lots of shitty equipment, um, L-screen, we'll holes that. in them, no locker room, you know, you kind of name it. Uh, Broken we helmets. have it, so, uh, yep. yeah, there you go. Uh, do any of those kinds of moments come to mind where you were like, all right, this is a little different at this level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like my first like, my first like I guess moment was whenever I got to the uh, like our uh, facility down in Florida, and like I was in the locker room, I'm like wow, I haven't I haven't had anything close to this, you know, um, like being at Shenandoah because obviously it's a D three school, so they don't really like fund athletics a whole lot. Um, but then probably my biggest like moment or like my biggest moment of being like hey welcome to pro ball was uh first pitch in uh my single a debut was a home run that went about 450 feet so that was uh that was a pretty shocking moment for me um so yeah pretty much like this all, all like the equipment that we, that we get i don't have to do field work um any like anything like that was kind of it's nice but it's also it's just like a, a part of my like baseball lifestyle for four for four years so but i mean it's nice to relax and have people do it for you so 
Yeah, for sure. And, and just expanding on that a little bit, you, know, you touched on some of those moments, but just going a little deeper into, you know, that whole transition process, you know, we've had, we've had hitters on the pod previously transitioning from that D3 to pro level, you know, saying like, you know, the velocity is completely different. It's like playing a completely new game almost, but just from like a pitching perspective for you personally, how difficult has that process been making that adjustment? Yeah. I mean, it's just like guys have a better um, approach, you know, they, uh, they see the ball out of your hand better. It can pick up spin better. Uh, they hit the ball a hell of a lot harder. Um, so kind of just like making that adjustment um, as far as just making like the better pitches throughout outings. Um, kind of like reading hitters in their uh, tendencies kind of helped me along my during my first first pro year. But um, yeah, it was just I was just kind of getting getting your mind like ahead of the hitter. Um, that was my biggest thing, was just kind of kind of like think outside the box when it comes to pitching against these guys. Because in the GCL, like, everyone just calls, like, this fastball, fastball, fastball. I'm like, I'm not throwing a fastball. Like, well, how the hell would I do that? Yeah. Um, so kind of like thinking outside the box and just making better pitches and having a better approach to kind of their approach um, was kind of my, my biggest adjustment that I had to make. Because like, yeah, like, whenever you're playing, like, in Division Three, like, you can mainly just, like, just pump, like, three fastballs by seven, eight, nine, and, you know, have no problem. But right. you really can't do that, you know, in, in, in the minor leagues. So, kind of, like, going away from that mindset and, like, knowing that, like, that my, that, like my stuff isn't really that good, you know, I, I had to make it better, which I did, thankfully, but um, to kind of just, like, improve, like, every aspect of my game to kind of, like, be able to get these guys out. So that's probably my, my biggest like adjustment that I had to make going from Division Three up in the pro ball. And out of those adjustments, what would you say was the biggest? Like, was it your mentality, your pitching style, or getting creative? Like you mentioned, like, what out of those categories? What would you say was like the biggest key to you know your success now? I would probably say my pitch like selection in certain at bats. Um, you know, like instead of throwing like a one-two slider or something like like a one-two changeup, you know, kind of like going against the grain of what like a normal batter would would think would think what pitch is coming. You know, so I was throwing a lot of throwing a lot of off-speed and fastball counts and like vice versa. So I was kind of throwing backwards on those to a lot of hitters just to kind of keep them off balance and on their toes. And was that kind of like you figuring that, or was that catchers giving you advice, coaches? Where did that kind of pitching from behind thought process come from? Um, that was that was a, a little bit of a little bit of everything. Um, a little bit of me telling uh, the catchers like, "Hey, let's go, let's go fastball," like when we're when we're like ahead or something like that, or vice versa. So it's also kind of like the catchers picking up like, "Hey, you see that pitch pretty well. Let's go with you know like something else or." You know, like, or our pitching coach would be like, hey, he's, he's kind of, you know, on that fastball away, coming five for a few pitches, you know. But it was kind of a mix of, of all three, you know. Okay. Us uh, just kind of working together throughout the game, like, as a, as a battery, you know. Right. Kind of just progressing on and kind of, like, keeping everything, like, trying, trying not to fall into, like, a pattern pretty much was, like, my biggest thing. Yeah. In pro ball. <laughs> Yeah, so last couple of questions here before we get into some rapid fire and uh, fantasy BS. But like Gil mentioned, you know, we all miss sports and we can't wait for the MLB to be back after this coronavirus. Shit. Uh, but personally, for we'll you, that. 
Where are you at with this mm-hmm. process? Are you mainly focused on staying in shape? Or are you still throwing a lot? And what are some of your thoughts on these wild proposals, like players sitting in the stands, keeping their six feet distance, or potentially having robot umpires? Um, I mean, after now, like to stay in shape, um, I'm just doing what I can. You know, we we're working out four days a week and pretty much throwing every day. Um, so thankfully, you actually have enough time to kind of like do some more like uh, mechanical adjustments and trying to fool around with some stuff to kind of get us a little bit better. Um, so that's, that's kind of nice to have, you know, in our, I mean, it, it sucks that we're not playing, but it's also kind of nice that we get to like, it's almost like an extended uh, off season where we can still fool around with stuff and see if one thing works and the one doesn't and try something new. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like besides like not playing and like the robot umpires, I'm not a big fan of the robot umpires um, personally, but I mean, it's not like my call to, to add them or not, but um yeah, you know, the whole, I think, I mean, me personally, I don't think, uh, I don't think the Myers are playing this year um, just because, you know, that they're focused on trying to get the big guys to play and not really worried about, about us because, because the major leagues brings all the money and, you know, we're just kind of like a side project for them. So I don't know if we'll get to play. You know, I hope, hope we do, obviously, but, right. I mean, it's kind of a tough situation right now because, there's still there's still so much stuff that could go on, um, that's that. But we're just trying to trying to keep ourselves ready to to go at, at the drop of a hat. But I mean, as of now, we're just we're just kind of relaxing and just trying to stay in shape. That's fair. And uh, so, last question we had before we get into some rapid fired ones, but. Um, just going off our Division Three's finest theme, you know, unfortunately at the Division Three level, uh, things don't come as easy. Uh, like Gil mentioned before, I clearly remember hitting a straight laser through one of the holes in our L screen and giving my roommate a nice bruise on his arm. Uh, shout out Cad, friend of the program. But do you personally have any like funny or crazy baseball moments from your days at Shenandoah? Uh, anything that happened during your career that you couldn't ever imagine happening at the D1 or pro level? Um... I know um, we were we were supposedly on our on our spring break trip. I use, use air quotes here trip because we just stayed uh, on campus during spring break. But I think it was like my sophomore or junior year. It snowed like maybe like seven inches. It was, it was like something crazy. And our coach had us like march up and down the uh, the field trying to break up the uh, the snow and ice. We had to like shuffle in circles to like get down to the grass and then the sun can like melt the snow from underneath and it was just it was like a five hour like process nice. so that was that was crazy I never think I'd be marching in snow and during spring break but uh, I mean any any sort of field work um, we don't do any any of that in pro ball um, so doing like doing uh, tub duty there's no no tub duty in pro ball for us um yeah, I mean, we are, our, coach, our coach is very old school, so he would do anything to play baseball. So we put uh, Turfus and Quick Draw in the outfield a few times. Um, we I had, actually, uh, what's up? No, sorry, I actually, so a quick story just on that note. I remember a time this just came back to me, um, your diamond dry story. So we used, we used that in the outfield down one of the lines. We just, like, our right field line, like, flooded worse than, you know, other places and then along with that there was for whatever reason in like our equipment shed um like cushions for lawn furniture like furniture you 
put outside, like, you know, just those cushions you can take on and off. Yeah. So those were in the shed, and he brings those over to us because we're trying to get the field ready to play. Gives it to me, and I wish I could remember who else was with me, and tells us to go down the line and sponge up the water with these seat cushions. (laughs) But I was sponging water out of the grass with seat cushions. Just throw it in the puddle, stand on it, and, and... Honestly, like, I'm joking, but it kind of worked a little bit because, like, the foam pad of the cushion, like, actually absorbed water, which made it even worse because I was like, this is just clown and it's actually doing a job. So (laughs) I couldn't believe it. But, yeah, sorry. You saying that diamond dry made me think of that because my job before the sponge was wheeling clown and diamond dry. Yeah, because I know, um, I think it was, like, our, our... Home opener, my senior year, so last year, or uh, it was like a few weeks of the season, my senior year, our coach uh, sent us an email. He was like, hey, guys, you know, we have field work at, you know, three, three. So our coach also put times for, like, meetings of practice at, like, 317, like, 331, 347, like, weird, like, weird-ass times. Yeah. Um, so he's like, yo, guys, we got field work at, at 347, and we're going to need 60 bags of, uh, turfus. I go, how, where can you get 60 bags of turfus? Like, we, we just hold it and just throw it out in the outfield. Just trying, just trying to drop the outfield so we can play like one, one game against like a non, a, a non-conference opponent. So, that, that's some pretty, that, that was one of the craziest things I had, that we just, would just throw bags of turfus out in the outfield. Yeah, we had plenty of instances where at least, you know, five times where our field was not playable and we ended up playing and I'm sure if someone got hurt there we would have been there would have been lawsuits, plenty of lawsuits. We got lucky that we avoid all of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, that's we that. had we have plenty of those moments. Yeah, that that's that D three life for sure. Yeah, so now we're gonna get into some rapid fire questions. Uh for you first time listeners out there, basically we'll rattle off some questions, and then, uh, Robert, I want you to answer them as quickly as possible. For all you longtime listeners out there, usually our friend and co-host Andrew Gillen does this, but due to some technical difficulties, I've got the call-up uh, to the show, so I'm very excited for my opportunity for this. Uh, so first question, uh, what's one thing major leaguers, uh, I'm sorry, minor leaguers go through that the Screws average fan already. know about? I already screwed up my first question. <laughs> the, uh, probably the food. The pregame snacks are not very good. Not very good. Not very good. I, I, my first start, I had uh, tortilla chips and fruit snacks. Yikes! Apart to do a start. So, was that a good start the for you? Or cannot be very good. Was that? So, was that a good start for you or no? No, that was that was a very very bad start. I, I told myself to never do that again. So, <laughs> Sorry to hear that. You can blame it on the food though. But, uh, yeah, had had nothing to do with you. It's all about that food that they provide you. It's their fault. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next question. When were you most nervous during a baseball game? First inning, always, always the first inning. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, is being a former Division Three uh, player something you embrace, or do you ever get annoyed with hearing the Division Three stereotypes all the time? I love it. I love being a guy from a from a, a small D three school because um, everyone's from like Ole Miss, LSU, Duke, UNC, like all those big time schools. And I'm just like, hey, I'm from, from Shenandoah University. Like, what, where the hell is Shenandoah at? And I have to 
go down that whole whole line of explanation. So I'm I'm very proud of it. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit with uh, our other guests we had on the podcast. But is there like guys that got drafted from the D three world? Or do you guys know each other? Do you know any of guys any of the guys from your draft class that got drafted as D three players? Um, I played against um, Nick Roth uh, from uh, Ralph making us with the Orioles. Um, I Shout played out. against uh, I think the, the the kid's name from Johns Hopkins. He signed him as a free agent with the Mets. But, I mean, I, I played against uh, Raw for three years now, okay. three, four years. Um, so I know him pretty well. I played against Colin Selby, played with Colin and Phil Morse. Um, so I know a decent amount of guys that are playing or have played pro ball from a D3 school. Yeah, we were saying we need to get, like, some kind of group chat going or some club for you guys that, you know, just all stay connected, stay in that D3 world, get the, grow that community. I'm down. I have all I'm doing now is just playing, playing Call of Duty, Apex Legends, and working on and throwing baseball. So I'm not saying anything new. Yeah, if any of you guys play the show out there, you know, you, I'm sure you could make a major league team made out of all D3 guys. The show has minor league rosters now, right? So you could you could pull yeah. that off. Yeah, some. Yeah, but it's not it's not like full rosters though. Gotcha. It's like I think it's double A and up. Okay, now, gotcha. But I think next year they're doing like full, full rosters. All right. Well, we'll we'll wait a year or two from now. We'll we'll pull that off. We'll make that into some content here. Yeah. All right. Getting it back into rapid fire. <clears throat> Do you have any crazy baseball superstitions? Mm-hmm. And if not, what's the weirdest one you've seen from a teammate? Um, I always put. I go right sock, left sock, right cleat, left cleat every single time. Um, and then I always always have to wear my black Under Armour slotting shorts from like freshman year of, of college. I, I always have to wear those if I'm starting. It's weird, but I, I always have to wear them. How did the cleat thing start? Was this like one day you did it like left cleat, right cleat, and then you had a bad game, or did it, was that just something like you just started doing and it just I guess worked? Yeah, it was just like it's just something I've always done. I've always gone. Uh, right sock, left sock, shoe, shoe. I've always done it that way, and I just kind of just transferred over to baseball. And I do that every single time now. So I don't even call it like a super like a superstition, but it's more of like a habit, I guess. But definitely wearing the uh, black Under Armour uh, sliding shorts is definitely a superstition of mine. And would you could would you consider those sliding shorts like a valuable item? Like if someone offered you like a thousand dollars for those sliding shorts now, like would you reject that offer? Or like how much would someone have to pay to get that off your hands? Oh, um, I'd probably just say at least like fifty k. Wow, I love those things. I, wow. I wear them like almost every day if I if I can. I, I love them. They're they're like my my like like my baby almost. <laughs> That's fair. Fifty k is uh, a lot I, of money. I, I honestly like every time. Every time I'm I'm wearing like like a different pair, like I feel I feel weird. You know, it's it's so it's so strange. And like I just have to have that one pair of sliding shorts with me at all at all cost. Shout out Under Armour. We need to get we need to get our guys some more sliding shorts. Yeah, get that sponsorship yeah. money. Sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. All right. So, what is your least favorite part about baseball? Losing. I mean, that sounds like a basic answer, but. Losing, uh, not not signing autographs sucks too. Um, that was that was a big pain in my ass. I, I just keep saying the bullpen, no one, no one's 
has offered me an, an autograph. So I'm a little upset about that. Um, I, I kind of want to sign as many as many as I can, but yeah, that's definitely one of them. Is not signing autographs. Hey, you keep doing these podcasts. You're, you're going to get your name more out there. You're going to more people are going to be yeah, wanting your autograph. Yeah, for sure. All right, now we've heard from a hitter that played Division Three that minor league umpires are 100% worse than umpires at the Division Three level. But that's from a hitting perspective. As a pitcher, that's obviously a good thing if you're getting a couple inches off the plate here and there. But what's your experience with minor league umpires so far compared to your Division Three days? Um, obviously, they're, they're, they're about the same. Um, you know, some are really good and some are terrible. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. But I definitely had my fair share of terrible umpires in, in pro ball. Um, so, yeah, I'd say they're probably about the same. If not, our, our guys were a little bit better, um, to be honest with you. But, yeah, there's, they're about even, if not worse, than uh, Division three. And you mentioned this a couple questions ago, but you seem really against the idea of robot umpires. Like, Is there any specific reason for that? Yes. It's just, I just like that, I like the, the human element of, of baseball, you know, every, every bad call is going to even out eventually. Um, so I don't think there's a need to take those guys out of, out of the game, uh, in my opinion, and put, and put a robot behind there. So I just think, you know, just bad calls will even out throughout the course of the game, um, just naturally. So I have no, I have no issues with our, our current day umpires. That's fair. Sometimes those umpires do suck, though. So I mean, don't want to call them out too directly. Oh, Shout yeah. out umpires. I mean, yeah, but... that's, that's, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. I've definitely, definitely had my fair share of terrible umpires. All right. What's your ultimate goal in baseball? Make it to the big leagues. Okay. okay Second goal. Make it to the big leagues. Sound like a hundred million dollar contract. Boom. Oh, done. Hundred mil. <laughs> Hundred mil, you're gonna be able to buy a lot of those slime shorts. <laughs> ben, you kind of cut out a little bit. Did you say you yeah. could buy new shorts? Yeah, you could buy a lot more slime shorts. Oh, uh, I mean, I'd probably buy like I'd probably buy all black Under Armors, but probably. Yeah. <laughs> all right, the last rapid fire question: Kill, f- Mary. We'll bleep that out. Pancakes, waffles, and French toast. Oh my God. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to marry pancakes. Great um, choice. Yeah, French toast or waffles. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, probably gonna bang some, bang some French toast, and I'm gonna kill some waffles. Oh, it's tough. I'm with it. I'm with it. That's I, tough. I know. That's that is that's honestly in my 23 years. That's the hardest question anyone has ever asked me. <laughs> well, you can't kill, you can't kill waffles. Pancakes or French toast has to go. No waffles. Waffles die. I mean, I mean, I don't. Because like, do we can we put stuff on like the pancakes and the waffles? Because like, I'm a big fan of like waffles, whipped cream, chocolate chips. Like, yeah, that's like that's a different yeah. answer for me then. Yeah. Well, okay, but yeah. it's like so. Think of out of the three of them, it's it, they're in their best form. Right. Everybody's putting their best foot forward for you. Best form. Oh, best form. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bang some waffles. Bang, I'm banging waffles. Marrying yeah. French toast. I'm killing pancakes. All right. I'm glad we got multiple uh, answers out of that. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's more like it. Pancakes out of here. 
And if we didn't accomplish anything in this interview, at least we got you to answer, like you said, you know, the toughest question you've ever had to answer on, on an interview. Yeah, that's what we strive for here. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I think we're ready for uh, some fancy BS. For all you first-time listeners out there, uh, for our last segment of the podcast, we like doing a fancy draft of a random topic with our guests. Today's fancy BS topic is songs we could sing word for word if our lives depended on it. So uh, we're going to have to get a little creative on that graphic title. But um, we'll be doing three picks each. As our guest, Robert Clinch-Hawk, will have the first pick. Gil's going the second. My former teammate and current reoccurring guest, Coach Jacob the Ball Schubert, has the third pick, and I got the last pick. So, um, snake draft, though, people forget, but I think we're ready to go. Uh, Robert, the floor is yours with the first pick here. My first pick is going to be Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Slade. Okay. I love that pick. That's a good one. I had that. Um, my first one um, will be uh, I don't know who it's by. Uh, but that tequila song, where they just say hey, tequila, like oh, that, that's every easy, like couple of minutes. Um, yeah, my life's on the line. Uh, I'm gonna pick the easiest ones that I can <laughs> that I can remember. And I just don't know a lot of songs like word for word like that. Like you have to sing every word for your yeah, life. Yeah. I gotta keep it simple. Okay, so it's up to me now. That's fine. That's uh, I'm actually kind of upset. You know, Gil usually says my friend and reoccurring guest, uh, Jacob Schubert, and Benda says my reoccurring guest. Like, I'm just a piece of meat. Um, so I'm actually kind of upset with that. Uh, but with my pick, I'm taking the national anthem for the United States of America, the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, oh, <laughs> that was my – I had that on there too. I thought I was going to be able to sneak that one. <laughs> It's a good pick, Shoop, and I'm sorry for the ad. You know, it's just the way this was written for me. And you know, we'll we'll have to talk to our producers about that. That's a yeah, tough one. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Snake Draft. I got back-to-back picks here. Uh, I'm going easy, like Gil. I'm going with Sail Al Nation. Um, it's just Sail the whole time. One <laughs> <laughs> word. That's how you got to do it. Yeah. So uh, that that's my first pick here, and then second pick, I'm gonna go uh, in the air tonight. Phil Collins. You know, I just. I can feel it coming the air tonight. Like it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Yeah. And there, there's a little bit more there, but you know, it's a classic. Easier one. That is a classic. All right, so back to me. My so, friend Jacob yeah. Schubert has the next pick here. Yeah, my yes, my friend Ben. Thank you. Um, with my next pick, I'm going to choose the Happy Birthday song. I had that as well. That's, I, have I mean, listen, you're going too easy. You talk about thinking about the easiest songs possible with your life online. Listen, I'm gonna start singing Happy Birthday. For sure. You're kind of exposing yourself as a can ass, though. That's fine. <laughs> um, all right, so my I'm up then? Yep, you're up. Okay, so I had Nash I had National Anthem and Happy Birthday on mine. I thought I guess I guess I thought I could sneak those. Um, but I'm gonna go second pick, I'm going Lose Yourself by M M&M. and M. Ooh, that's tough though. That's I'd a go, rap. That's bold. I'd go that's in on, on it. Okay. I'd go in on it. That tells you. That should tell you how confident I am in my in my karaoke capabilities. Hey, I go in on that too, but that's like a five minute song, rapping fast as. F- we'll bleep that out, of course. Yeah. Well, so my plan is my plan would be like to impress him like two minutes in to where he kind of loses his focus. I'm assuming this guy has a gun to my head or something, and then that's when I get out of the situation. So I really only need like half the song. Okay, that's fair. You, you able to do this sober, or you have to be drunk? You have to be feeling yourself a little bit. What's the process here? 
Yeah, just like, uh... Oh, oh, that's a good point, actually. That's a good point, because you can't be too drunk, but, like, to really get into it... Right. Oh, I don't know. The performance would probably be better. I think, with my life being on the line, I think I'd get it done either way. But, like, in terms of, like, my performance, maybe a few beers wouldn't hurt, you know? It definitely wouldn't hurt. That's fair. (laughs) Definitely a hot take there, for sure. All right, Robert, you got back-to-back picks here. Snake draft. Okay, I'm going to go with the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, I'll bring that one in. And then That's good. I'm going to go... I'm gonna go drugged out by Juicy J. Okay. <laughs> I know I've been listening to that song for like four years. I know it front and back. <laughs> Is that your pregame song? You sing uh, yeah. "Let's Do It" before stars. That's hands down, hands down, my my absolute favorite song. There, there were some there were some songs that I really wanted to take, but the what I I my thinking was I would mess up like one part. There's one part of the song that I just wouldn't couldn't get off but so that that's where this list kind of became a little tougher like did i really think i could do all of it so uh i'll take maybe another hot take i guess the way you guys took the first one but um ignition remit uh i could definitely go hard on that one too definitely i'll need a few beers for that one though yeah hey we can make that happen need to get in the rhythm there yeah 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 you can you can put me in a life-threatening situation where I have to recite a song. Or yeah, hey, let's go to the gas station real quick. Give me a couple beers, and then we got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah All right, like Mr. Shooter. I have one request. Yeah, quick detour. Quick detour. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so it's time for my famous third pick. Is that correct? Yes, correct, sure. All right. Sir. To prevent my to prevent me from looking like a candy ass, like Gil said, Bleep I'm going to pick a real song this time. Okay, so it won't be the national anthem of the happy birthday song. I'm going to go with Marvin's Room by Drake. Wow. Well, was the shoe be cut out okay. for me? Marvin's Room by Drake. I jam is oh, a wow. Room. You're going to start crying. Hey, I don't, I don't cry to Marvin's Room. Marvin's Room more hypes me up than gets me in my feelings. Hey, you're, you're about to die when you okay. get one word wrong, so I guess you might as well be crying. <laughs> get those emotions out. Die to Marvin's Room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got the last pick here. I'm gonna go with Thunder by Imagine Dragons. <laughs> okay. Hey, right, we gotta go easy. Not bad pick. Yes, yeah, sings. And if you, I looked up the lyrics. There's a couple like roundabout soft picks. If you look at the lyrics, it's only like 80% thunder, thunder. Like there's, you know, there's some real lyrics in there, so I'd have to do yeah, some the, studying. The other ones I... are lightning, and the, and then the rest of it is thunder. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a good pick. <laughs> All right. Uh, any of you guys have any uh, honorable mentions? I have a lot. Okay. Honorable uh, mentions. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Shoot. Please. Right. Uh, let me see. I'll start with actual songs. Uh, Shot for me by Drake. Uh, if you guys can't tell already, big Drake fan. Um, Huge Drake guy. Going into uh, Baby Shark. I think I could jam to Baby Shark. That's an honorable mention, though. Um, <clears throat> Monday Night Football theme song. Monday Night Football theme song, I could sing to a T. Perfect. Okay. Um, the Alphabet. Big football guy. I mean, that's technically a song. The Alphabet is technically a song. And then uh, Lucid Dreams by Juice World, R.I.P. Yep. That, that's it. Okay. Well, I don't know if I have any... Uh... Any words up? I'm trying to think. That's good. Uh, uh, girls, girls, girls by uh, Molly Crew. Okay. 
There you go. Uh, so for my honorable mentions, I really don't have any, but uh, shout out to our closing music, K Weezy, Ben Franklin's. I'm pretty sure I could do that word for word. Um, shout out Christian Campus, uh, recurring guest friend of the program. For sure. Shout out K Weezy. Robert, do you have anything else for us? Um, I mean, I just heard a pretty funny story from you guys from uh, from Single A Ball. Uh, I pretty much tell everybody because it's kind of like a, I want to say like a staple of my my first year but it's like something that was, uh, stands out if you guys want to hear that one yeah that's perfect yeah so um, it was the season finale at the home the last home game of the season um, for us and every game I don't know if it's like a like a league thing or like a team by team but uh, but we pick uh, someone on the opposing team to be like the, the strikeout player of the game so if like, that person strikes out like I think it's like a row or a section gets like a, a certain gift. So we had, uh, ours was, it was like a year supply of, of baked beans for for a row. And uh, it seems like the eight hole hitter for, uh, I think who we were playing, but I had I had down, uh, I think it was O2. So, so it was pretty much like almost like a, a guaranteed strikeout. And then the, the guy over over the uh, like loudspeaker of the stadium starts going beans, beans, beans. And like after a while, like everybody in the stadium was chanting "beans, beans, beans." And I'm like, what? The, what the hell? So like, I was just chanting "beans, beans, beans" at me while I'm like trying to try to figure it out. And I think I think he ends up like he ends up like grabbing out to me, and then that, that was lost out of the inning. And I'm like walking off the field, and, and someone from the stands goes, "Clinchock, I heard some damn beans." And I was like, "Well, not bad," but uh, so that was like one of my. One of my funny stories is I had like 10,000 people chanting beans at me while I'm trying to strike somebody out. But yeah, that was a. I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. That was a weird story. That sounds worse than booze. Yeah, it was. I was nervous. Uh, yeah, I was nervous. I was just trying to get the fancy like beans, and I right. I, I fell short. So yeah, you, you can't get in between a fan base and their beans. Oh, dude, it's, it's a scary, it's a scary sight. I mean, we we are in a recession, so you know, tough times. So obviously, you know, a year worth of baked beans is going to change a family's yeah, life. Probably. I was I was just doing everyone a favor by by saving the beans for everybody else. Yeah, you just want to lay off the calories. You know, help that row stay in shape. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just trying to keep everyone in Michigan safe and healthy. So that's all. You should have, like you said the guy grounded out to you, like hit a dribbler to you. Yeah. Yeah, you should just yeah. like you should just spike the ball on the okay. ground to like show your disgust. Like maybe the fans <laughs> might have like liked you a little bit better if you did that. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I thought about it, but I feel like the the uh, crowd would be even more upset at me if I did something else. So yeah, that's fair. All right, um, I think that's all we got. Um, thank you again for coming to the podcast. We appreciate your time, and hopefully you guys can get back on this field. And whenever you guys do, we wish you the best of luck for sure. Yeah, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's K-Weezy, and we back. The rise to the throne. Envy. Yeah. Ben Franklin's. Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree All these people phonies just wanna be like me 
Your baddest girl be all on my D The stuff you pay for for me it's free Because I got Ben Franklin's I got Ben Franklin's No need for hatin' I'm not a doctor I ain't got patience All I got is papers and a lot of haters Shout out to my home dog They all got prayers